0: The Gospel reading it comes from Luke chapter 6, and it's Luke's version of the Beatitudes. We're most familiar with Matthew's version, and we call it the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Luke gives us a version that's a, a little different, and it's delivered on a plane, or as most tra- modern translations now have it, on a level place. He came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem and the coast of Tyre and Sidon they had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured and all the crowd were trying to touch him for power came out from him And healed all of them. Then he looked up at his disciples and said. Blessed are you who are poor. For yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now. For you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now. For you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you. And for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. What a great opening. It's like a perfect world. A great crowd of His disciples and a great multitude of other people from all Judea and Jerusalem, right over to the coast. It's most of the country taken in, in this little statement. They'd come to hear Jesus and to be healed. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured and all in the crowd were trying to touch him, for power came out of him and he healed all of them. And then Jesus says, blessed are the poor. Does not make any sense? I mean, a whole culture built on blessing being given by God, which was so evident in riches and in health and in good relationships. That's what blessing is. That's how we experience it. If you have a child, you're blessed with a child. If you have a good relationship with people in your family, you're blessed with that good. That's how we, we're quite used to talking. And if you have enough to feed yourself and to pay the bills for this week, it's a blessing. So what the heck is Jesus talking about and why change this beautiful paradise where everyone is here and everyone is being healed and everyone is hearing? What is it that Jesus means? Because isn't the coming of Jesus meaning all of the things that we've just read? Didn't he say right at the beginning of his ministry when he was in the synagogue the spirit of the law was on him to bring release to the captives, sight to the blind. Isn't that what isn't this already happening? Why does Jesus then go on and say, Blessed are the poor? Well, first of all, it's important, I think, to say Jesus what we use the word blessed in a slightly different way than they would have in the first century. A better word for us to use would be the word honored. Because you can be Have a blessing in private, can't you? But you can't be honoured in private. Honour is something that we all understand. We honour people and we do it in public. And so what Jesus is not saying here is we should really love or care about poor people. We should. But it's not what he's saying. Nor not what he's saying we should feel sad for poor people. He's saying that people who are poor... Are honoured, not that they ought to be, or in the best of all possible worlds we would, or if you can get to it, you should. He's saying they are, and of course, to be poor in the first century was not an economic thing only. In fact, there was no such thing as economics. Everything was well. There's really no such thing as economics now. We just pretend there is. We pretend you can talk about economics. Do you know that uh, some people's bills in the United Kingdom for gas has gone up 70%, this is to heat their homes, at the same time as the Shell Corporation, who provides a lot of that gas, has had a, the biggest increase in profits in their entire existence? That's because that's the economy. And over here, the people. It's nuts, but that's how we pretend to live. But it, they didn't do that pretending in the first century so if you were poor, you were poor because you had no money but you also were poor because you had no relationships so that's why Jesus and the disciples speak often of widows in the in the gospel because they were about as poor as you could get they had no people left to care for them or to be with them people without family support, people without um, uh, without relationships of care and concern And Jesus spells that out because he says, blessed are the poor, those of you who are hungry, those of you who are weeping, those of you who are excluded. So the poor is a much bigger group of people, even for Jesus' time. But I don't think he's saying, therefore, that we should show compassion to those who are poor. We should. But I think he's doing something far more profound and disturbing. I think what Jesus is saying, and I think this is borne out by the fact that he contrasts word for word what's happening to the poor with what's happening to the rich. It's a contrast between worlds. There's the poor and the rich, and the poor are hungry and the rich are full. The poor are weeping and the rich are laughing. The poor are defamed and the rich are spoken well of. Now it's easy for us to see this as a transaction. We should be better. We should try not to be poor. We should work hard. We should be good, moral, upright people. Or we should think about this as a kind of a religious thing that, that religious people like to bless people who are poor and we and religious institutions can be rightly proud uh, across the world uh, of the efforts that we have made to alleviate poverty. The building of hospitals in the, in the Middle Ages, right through to organisations that we, that are part of our community today, Uniting Communities and Eldercare and Rest Haven, all of the other organisations that have birthed themselves out of the Uniting Church. But I think Jesus is saying something even more profound than that. Because you see, what's happening for the rich is very ephemeral. Jesus says, soon, The rich will be poor. You're hungry, you're full now, but you won't always be. You're laughing now, but soon you'll be weeping. These things that we think build our lives are just mirages, they're shimmers, they're not real things. They can appear real and they're important, but they're only important To a short extent, they're not about the depth of what it means to be a human being. They look like they'll do everything, but they don't. It looks like if you get a really, really nice house, you'll be happy. But you won't. I mean, you might be, but it won't be because you've got a nice house. Something else will have to be happening for you to experience deep happiness. We all know this. Except that we... We're not 100% sure we know it. Otherwise, advertising would never work. And advertisers do not waste their money. When they launch a new car and spend millions of dollars flying helicopters over it as it drives on some country road or across the desert or whatever, they're not wasting their money. They know that somewhere, all of us, even those of us who are way too smart to be taken in by that, it's hard to not believe that another thing... Or a different kind of thing, or a different kind of place. When I leave this place and go to that place. When I leave this relationship and go to that one. When I... That will be the one. That will be the thing. None of us are free from that. It's really deep within us. And I think what Jesus wants us to know here is a very profound thing. When He says, blessed or honoured are the poor, He's talking to everyone. The rich who think they're rich, but will only be for a short period of time because it's never enough. It's never, there's never enough to fill up what it means to be human by, with stuff. It's hard to admit. We, we would like to hide away the fact that we are really poor inside. We understand our own poverty with the people that we love. We know that we're not relating as well or as fully as we could. We hold ourselves back and damage the people we care about, even when we don't mean to. And, and they do it to us, because we're not good at being our full, whole selves alive in the place. I think one of the things we respect and, and honour about holy people is they appear to be fully alive in this moment with us. Nothing is held back. Desmond Tutu who we recently lost was an extraordinary man who I was very fortunate to meet in a group of lots of other people when he came here to Adelaide many years ago and uh, he the one thing i remember and other people have said the same thing is he spends his whole time laughing he's just so full of joy and so full of the presence of the people he's around that it just everything is really really interesting and quite funny and there's a sort of a depth in, in holy people that you can't kind of let go of and and you hunger to be near that people say the same of people like the Dalai Lama and, and so many other people and, and people who are not famous who you know to be deeply together deeply themselves you kind of hunger to be with them even if you don't want to talk with them you just want to sort of be next to them but we like to hide that stuff away you know, we've got the Olympics going on at the moment in China. Every city that I can think of, and I did look this up last week, that has he- hosted particularly the Summer Olympics, it, Olympics has decided that one of the things they need to do is move away the poor people who live on the streets and get rid of them. They must go away. We did it in Sydney it, at a terrible cost. And we know in Sydney because it's our, t- you know, this is where we're from and the agencies that work with the people on the streets knew the terrible cost, of it, but we needed to get them away, not just because we needed to look spick and span for the world's press and all the people who were coming, all the rich and, and famous people who were coming, but because, well, you know, our dirty laundry, our baggage of who we are, we need to hide it away. And we do it with each other. That's why loneliness is such a, a, a debilitating illness in our community. Much of it is because... We feel we can't be ourselves with each other. I think Jesus is saying, We are all the poor. And if you if you're willing to recognise it, you are constantly hungry. You are constantly weeping. I know you hide it, and I do all the time. But I'm constantly concerned about where I fit into the world. I'm, Sure, it's a long way back in my head some of the time. But it's all there. You know that um, when we look at other creatures on the planet, they all seem to be content with themselves. When a dog has got nothing to do, it lies down and has a sleep. When I've got nothing to do, I get anxious. And then I go and look at the list of things that must be done. Or I go and fiddle with something. How is it all the other creatures just seem to be quite themselves and we don't know how to fit? Jesus, I think, is saying, blessed are the poor. He's saying, blessed are all of you. This huge crowd he's talking to, all of you. Those of you who know you are poor and those of you who are pretty sure you're not, we all are. This quote comes from the very first words of a book called The Road Less Travelled by a psychiatrist called N. Scott Peck, which you may have read. It was on the, I think it still may be, Had been on the New York Times bestseller list for the longest of any book. It was was number one for about a decade in the 70s and 80s. An extraordinary book had a huge influence and Peck wrote other books and they were all just as interesting and, and, but this one begins like this. This is the very first words of a book read by millions and millions of people. Life is difficult. This is a great truth. One of the greatest truths. It is a great truth because once we truly see this truth, we transcend it. Once we truly know that life is difficult, once we truly understand and accept it, then life is no longer difficult. Because once it is accepted, the fact that life is difficult no longer matters. Now, if you've got a slight headache from listening to that, I don't blame you. You need to read the rest of the book. It's very um, it comes from a very kind of Buddhist understanding of the world, but I think it also is reflected in the, the text we've got. It's this idea that when we say the truth about things, when Jesus says, Blessed are the poor, honoured are the poor, when we are able to see ourselves as in those ranks, something lifts. And we're able to see, well, not only am I, but everyone else is and this is a very strange world to be in and I'm alive in it and maybe I can accept that and move forward in it. Honour to the poor, not the ones trying to be poor, not the ones who think the poor should be looked after because there's something, you know, uh, they're sort of like children, really. We should just care for them because we know better. No, no. Blessed are the poor, blessed are all of us in all of our poverty, in our humanness, in all its frailty, and all its uncertainty, in all the subterfuge and, and all the longing that we have. Jesus says, we are blessed. And if that isn't good news, I have no idea what could possibly be good news. I mean